From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So are you ready for football? It's that time of year again. Time for Saturdays full of friends, football, and of course, tailgating food. For some people, the tailgating ritual is more important than the game itself. So what's on your tailgating menu? Are you a traditional, or do you like to add a little flair? Our guest today is Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. He'll share some tailgating tips and what he likes on his tailgating menu. But we're w- wanting to know what you like on your tailgating menu, so give us a call this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. So you're ready for football? It is that time of year again. Time for Saturdays full of friends, football, and of course, tailgating food. For some people, the tailgating ritual is more important than the game itself. What's on your tailgating menu? Are you traditional or do you like to add a little flair? Our guest today is Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. He's here to share some tailgating tips and what he likes on his tailgating menu. But we want to hear from you this morning and let us know what you like when you're tailgating. So give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. So good morning to you both. Hope that you had a good weekend. Good morning, Kevin. I had an absolutely amazing weekend um, in spite of the fact that, you know, across Texas today we're praying for our friends there, you know, especially our friend Cindy A. Bear, uh, who lives in Houston area. But um, so this weekend, Kevin, I actually went horseback riding mm. and um, I had a lot of fun there out on the farm. We needed to do a little cleaning up and hanging out. So when we finished, we pulled out the horses and took a few laps. It was a lot of fun this weekend. All right. So, Patrick, good to have you back on the program. Uh, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> good morning. Uh, just the usual business as usual. Um, working eight to five and then on the weekend barbecue. All right. They did it to me again. <laughs> Food was a little late, so here I am eating on the air again. But we've got some good stuff today that we want to talk about. Deborah, we'll start with you. Every good tailgate, of course, you need some barbecue, but you need some stuff to go along with it. And so you whipped up some potato salad. Tell us about it. Listen, Kevin, you can't have a tailgating uh, situation without having all the fixings. I mean, you know why Patrick and his, you know, cohorts are out there, you know, grilling it up and, you know, heating things up for us. I brought in some sides. And what I brought in today, Kevin, was my world-famous potato salad. Uh, And it's not just any potato salad. I took a traditional recipe, and I added a little bit of honey magic to it. This potato salad, uh, Kevin, uh, of course, it features red potatoes with the skin still on. And there's, of course, because it's traditional southern potato salad, you know, you've got uh, the eggs and your uh, sweet, cute 
pickles. But we've got some bacon going on in there, Kevin, and crispy bites of corn. And, it, and it's got just a tiny bit of heat to it. It's really yummy. It just It's perfect. It pairs well with your beef, your chicken, your fish, your barbecue. So, yeah, that's what we got going on here this morning. Very creamy, very creamy, quite good. Uh, so, Patrick, you brought in a really a great spread here this morning. Uh, tell us uh, what you brought in for us today. This morning, um, we did a um, special chicken uh, smoked with uh, essence of cherry with a hint of hickory and some beef sausage. This also, chicken is so yummy, by the also, way. Also, uh, the other side um, is the famous smoked chicken salad. So that hints with the the honey potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> no sauce needed uh, on the chicken. So oh no, I'd like to say that this is very, really quite tasty. And again, just a a little bit of uh, heat there to it, but really, really good. And and the sausage I've had that, and I mean it's all. As I say, here I am munching away, so you know it's got to be good. And it's not just you, Kevin. If you can, you know, there's some happy people in the hallway, you know, <laughs> people are lining up and grabbing plates. I mean, it's Monday morning. I mean, you know, it's before 10 and we're already right. eating, right. tailgating food. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's that time of year. It is. So, Patrick, if you would remind us about your background and how you got involved in, uh, in barbecuing. Um, after college, um, you know. This actually, tailgating actually what started this whole deal. Um, after college, graduated from college, we used to hang out uh, before the games or what have you. And at that time, tailgating was just kind of formulating, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And from game after game, traveling from city to city, state to state, we were able to just start putting our coins together and making it happen. And from... A hobby to a habit. And here we are. So is it just that it's before 10 or are you just pulling out your very, very white voice for us this morning, Patrick? I mean, it's too early morning? in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early in the morning. I'm having to do magic on these levels over here. Uh, Patrick, with this, with, with, the, with the smooth, with the smooth, the midnight, the midnight show. <laughs> Exactly right. It's nine o'clock in the morning. I can't. Y'all take have it. been going early. This, oh, this is too early. <laughs> We've got some open phone lines. So if you want to call in and maybe ask for some tailgating tips or share what you like to eat when you go uh, have a good meal before a football game, you know that's the other thing. Is traditionally football and tailgating go along, but this is good food to eat anytime. So maybe it's just to get together in the backyard. Uh, what do you like to put on the grill when you get together uh, with friends? Patrick, if I remember correctly from the last time where you were here, you are, are you a barbecue judge? I am. Tell um, us a little bit about that. That was really interesting to me last time you were here. I judge with uh, the Memphis Barbecue uh, Network, also the KCBS uh, Barbecue Network, um, and it goes from, I think from January, just all year long, I think March, I'll say March, until uh, through the football season, but... When September hits for me, is I'm swamped with with the tailgating, um, the games and the tailgating, and so I do my judging possibly during the early part of the late spring and and summer. Now I think the last time you were here too, there was going to be a huge event, I believe, on Lakeland. It was Drive. over at 
the Ag Museum. Exactly. Yeah, they did, did a nice uh, show there. Um, and then I think we went that following week or the week after to Philadelphia, Mississippi, to do um, another judging. Um, so we run into the same people, same crowd, um, those that love food, <laughs> of course. And um, and they are, they are barbecue connoisseurs themselves. So for our listeners who want to get involved uh, with the barbecue uh, trail and these competitions, tell them what do they need to do to qualify? Well, um, most of the events are they're posted in, in, in those certain towns and cities. Also, they have websites. Um, if you go to KCBS, they'll have a, a listing of events, of locations, um, of where they're going to be, how to, it's kind of, Everything is online, um, how to get certified in judging and also where the competitions and the cookings were, events will be. So if I'm an amateur backyard barbecue person and I want to get involved, give me a few tips. They with That's that's a event also uh, with amateur cooking. You have the amateurs, you have the professionals, um, you have the backyarders or what have you. Um, if it's something that you're interested in doing, um, you just reach out to those um, those particular corporations, uh, KCBS or Memphis Barbecue, and they can instruct you on how to go about doing that. And and once you do that, if it excels, then you go to the next level. But as you uh, mentioned, I guess <clears throat> there are folks that kind of travel the whole country pretty much with their a lot of times. I guess their grill rigs attached uh, and and. And pretty much make the whole the whole circuit every year. Yes, it's 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 a yearly event. Uh, some have uh, retired um, and taken their retirement and got a Winnebago and a grill, and they travel. So, it's a possibility for for a lot of money to be made in some of these competitions. It is um, when you're judging, especially on the professional level. You have, I mean, professional barbecue companies. Um, where it's thousands of dollars involved, um, winnings can be up to ten thousand dollars a showing. But uh, you have to progress to that that point. But it, it is uh, you spend a lot of money. But if if you do what you're doing, you can also make a lot of money. Well, Kevin, I think we should you know kind of hook up a grill and you know just show it like you know Floyd Mayweather and knock a few people out. <laughs> I'll, I, I volunteer to be the designated taster. <laughs> Uh, so what do you look for as a judge, a barbecue contest judge? Well, every um, competition is, is different. Their rules are different. KCBS rules are different from Memphis rules. Um, and what what it is mostly, but the main thing is going to be the taste, texture, and um, the appearance. It's what they, they're looking for. And it can all look good sometimes and be like, huh? Or it could be, you know, presentation is not there, but it could be the best piece of meat. It was whatever's good for that day is, is what they look for. We need to take a break. When we get back, we will continue visiting today with Patrick Bradley from uh, Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. We're talking about tailgating this morning, so if you have a question, maybe you need some tips to kick up your tailgate, or if you'd like to share with us what you like to eat when you get together grilling with friends, maybe not before a football game. That's certainly the time of year. But anytime you get together, what is it that you like to throw on the grill uh, to enjoy? The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Back with more of the show after this. 
Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking tailgating today with our guest, Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. So we'd like to hear from you this morning. If you need uh, some tailgating tips or grilling tips, uh, um, give us a call. And also, if you'd like to share what your favorite thing to throw on the grill when you get together with friends is, give us a call. The phone lines are open. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So, Patrick, when you cater these tailgating events, give us an idea of, of, of kind of the scope. I know uh, maybe some small ones, but what's the range of, of folks that, that you cook for uh, on, on, on weekends? For, if we're talking about football, um, it depends on the, the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Jackson State this year has four home games, three of which are big what we call big money games for is going to be a big crowd. Mm-hmm. So the number is unlimited when it comes to um, the open tailgating. Um, being with the organization, the Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, you never know who shows. Um, and if they know who's on the grill, they're coming. So <laughs> it, it can range from 200 to un- we have to sometimes turn them away. Hmm. So it, it, it all depends, but if it's a private setting, between 25 to 50 people um, on, a, on a normal scale. But when you're just doing it big, big, it's hundreds of people. And, and so, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. That's, I mean, that's always a great thing when you have to turn people away. That says a lot about, you know, the, the food that you're putting out. Because I have been to events, you know, and you've got all of these tailgaters from one end to the other. But people tend to gravitate to certain vendors. Right. And, and so one of the things that I notice is, you know, a lot of times guys will come out the night before and you're sitting up and, you're, you know, dropping all of this equipment and the party's loud and people are excited. And it's all almost like there's a whole cheerleading section around certain vendors. And I noticed that you have quite a few groupies <laughs> and that's one of the things, but your really? food, but your food is so fantastic. And so that's one of the reasons why uh, so many people show up. So let's talk about the weather a little bit. How does that affect, you know, like your grilling time or does it have an effect on what you do? It does. Um, any, if any event, if it's raining, um, it, if that rain hits, it's kind of like it's a setback because of the, the outside temperature, the elements. Um, but normally, time I'm cook, I'm cooking in a in a shaded or we, we carry tents like like you carry your wallet mm-hmm. um, because you know the storm is coming. But you know that don't stop the show. Um, just got to get the fire a little hotter, um, and you have to guesstimate your cooking time. Um, to make sure that it is done at the time that, you know, your people are going to show up or what have you. So uh, besides the barbecue, what are some things that you that you can put on the grill? We talked about how Deborah helped out with the side items, and I think maybe not the star of the show, but they're certainly important to have some stuff to go along with the great barbecue. So what are, uh, what are some of the things that you like to have on the side? Uh, with the side dishes, um, grill-wise, um, always bake. The, the, the baked beans, the barbecue baked beans, um, also the green beans for those that like the greenery, mm-hmm. um, asparagus or what have you. But, you know, you do that on the small scale, so to speak. Uh, baked beans, potato salad. I do the grilled cabbage, which is a very hot item um, 
in, in for the weekend uh, sales with me. Uh, grilled cabbage is something kind of new for the people. Um, and anything that you could cook on the grill goes on the grill. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that vegetables really do quite well on the grill. Like, I, I know one of the ones I like is uh, zucchini. You know, you get some nice big uh, slices of that, and it, it grills up well, and it's, it makes those great grill marks on there. So right. um, I guess <clears throat> if folks are thinking about maybe going to one of their local football games or, again, maybe in the backyard, kind of let your imagination go wild and don't don't think, gosh, I can't put that on the grill. Right. They, um, I've seen some cooking shows where they actually do desserts. Um, Absolutely. Pies and just a lot of things. I mean, it's a grill is just heat. It's just it's fine. Well, a grill is never just a grill. I mean, you know, come on, you, you know, that, you're talking about some serious competition. You know, guys are pulling out these monster grills. You know, I've got family members in their backyard this weekend putting together these huge grills, and it's bragging rights for guys. And of course, there are some girls like myself who, not, you know, who's not scared to get out there and elbow with you guys. But that thing is it's really serious. I mean, people really invest a lot of money in their grills, and they show up with all these fancy gas. There's one guy that I recently, because we're used to the top, the top grill, but he pulls out these drawers and he's bragging, you know, because he's got all these different layers and levels. He's even got rotisseries on the grill. I mean, people really take this grilling thing, Kevin, to a whole nother. It's really sometimes more competitive than the game that's on the inside. It is. It is. That's how I met a lot of my uh, cooking buddies or friends, what have you. We met always met that Friday, um, Friday evening when we're setting up and sometimes we spend the night and his grill is going, my grill is going, their grill is going and we hang out all night and talk talk tips, talk things like that and here we are 15, 16 years later and we're still in the game. So for someone who, uh, you know, like um, there is a USM, their first game is Saturday, although I'm afraid it, it might be quite wet. Uh, but my brother does a good job with uh, backyard grilling, and he, so he always cooks us up something before the game starts. So for someone on that kind of the small scale, just among family and friends, sort of the, the backyard griller, what are some tips uh, to keep in mind to, to have a good barbecue in terms of the heat, you know, preparation, how you cook things, that kind of thing? Well, there's a big difference uh, for me in the backyard area because the size of my grill, I have a nice size grill, so... My food is not cooked directly. When I say directly, it's the direct heat is when it's right up under it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a conventional type where my uh, my wood is on the outside. So it, it cooks t- tends to cook a little longer, but it's a slow, smoky cooking deal, but it gets done. Uh, but the direct heaters, are, you know, it won't take long for a hamburger or chicken thigh or something of that nature because the heat is right there. And... Um, I had a guy this past weekend, oh, I want my chicken wings burnt. And I looked at him and said, <laughs> I said well, sir, I don't, I don't burn chicken. But <laughs> I can get as dark as you, you know, as I possibly can. But he wanted a burnt piece of chicken. I was like, I don't. I don't. Well, then, come on now. You know, that's the piece of chicken that you get at the barbecue from your cousin's house. Yeah, you but know. that's direct heat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always that piece. Well, that, that sounds to me like someone who had doesn't, didn't know people who grilled very well, so he just got used to burnt chicken. So now that's what he likes. I don't want burnt. I said, burn. I said, well, I'll leave it on a little longer, but I'm, we're not going to burn. Oh, Kevin, chicken. you have never gotten one of those um, hot dogs off the grill, and you go, oh my God, you just want to call the burn center because you just know. You know, it's just tough. 
But also, too, if you're doing a, a, com- a combination of things, you know, in the backyard, again, that you do have to plan out because I, I think chicken takes longer to cook maybe than, say, a hamburger, hot dogs, those sorts of things. So you really have to kind of plan it out well if you want to make sure that all the food kind of gets done at about the same time. Right. Um, typically, your longest cooking meat you would like you would want to do that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if if you're providing food at twelve o'clock, uh, the first piece of meat that goes on the grill needs to be the actual chicken. That way, it takes a little longer to cook, um, and you let it. Let it cook, let it set, and then after which hamburgers, hot dogs, little things like that, sausage will be kind of the last thing that you you cook. Unless you're adding some ribs to that. And and if you're using uh, beef ribs, of course, they take a little bit longer yes. to cook, and then your pork ribs would be next, and your chicken, and so on and so on. And even with the cooking part, which you may mention about the ribs, um, you want to get that, that tenderness. Mm-hmm. So even though you're just cooking and slapping it on the grill and flip, 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 you want to get it to that point of tenderness, um, so that 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 plays a major part in in what it's gonna what's gonna taste like. Now, there are some rules to this barbecue thing, Kevin, because um, I'm I'm a person that I like to pre cook uh, if I'm gonna take it out to the grill because I do want that meat falling off the bones. But there are some people out here that says that's the wrong way to do it. You know, if you're a real griller, you should be able to get that meat to fall off the bones from the grill. In competition. Falling off the bone is a no-no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, people always, oh, I want the rib to fall off the bone. That's fine for the house. That's fine for home. That's fine for bragging rights in the family. But <laughs> a wonderful rib is not falling off the bone. Um, and in and, and, and techniques of judging, you have to be able to bite the bone, pull away from it, and it's still intact. But it has a certain tenderness to it to where it is edible. Mm-hmm. That makes for a perfect Did meal. you notice how his personality just changed trying to explain it to me? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that makes sense because it seems to me that that's, it would be harder to do to, to get it tender but not to- so much that it's falling off the bone. So that I can understand why that would kind of when, – and when you're getting up there and getting the seriousness, why that would be uh, by the case. Hey, we've got some open phone lines. I know there must be some folks out there that enjoy a good tailgate or grilling with friends and family. So if you would call up, let us know what you like to grill. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, you can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Now, when I was in high school and college, I worked at a steakhouse, so I have a little experience on a grill. I'm not going to say I'm an expert or anything, but one thing that you did say was flip, flip, flip. And I think I remember that actually the more you kind of flip the, the, the meat around, uh, the, maybe the tougher it is. So it's, you're looking some, maybe sometimes to maybe one time cook one side, flip it over, cook the other? Well, with the way I do it is actually you cook it one side for a certain amount of time and after that hour or so you go and flip it to the second the second side after which maybe one more flip and it's a done deal mm-hmm. no forks no forks um, no forks because <laughs> again there you're you're going to let the the meat's natural juices out if you, if I you let puncture it, cook it within itself mm-hmm. and that that so when you do bite into that sausage or that piece of chicken or that rib that juice pops at you and you you know that's that's your flavor that's really interesting because you know one of the things that most of us saw our grandmothers and mothers do growing up you know they you see a piece of meat and then you'd see them hammering that meat taking you know depolarizing it to you know make it really tender and then adding it in so when you're doing the grill that's something that you don't want to do no well i 
preference. My preference is not poking the the grilled meat, <laughs> but it. Um, <laughs> but I, I I'm a I'm a tongue guy, so I have to you know use I use my utensils, <laughs> tongue utensils too. <laughs> <laughs> I would think also, though, in terms of actually, because to, to me, if you're jabbing at the meat with a fork or, or something like that, sometimes it's even hard to get it on there, and you end up having to jab it several times before you ever get it. But with tongs, it looks like you would just be able to, you know, easier yeah. to manipulate but the meat. I, but I, I've done it for so long, whereas I, I'm always wearing gloves. So people looking, they, they're always watching what you're doing on the grill, and I'm sticking my hand with, you know, I have the glove on, sticking my hand, and they're flipping me. And it's like, why aren't you using the tongs? I said, I'm so used to it. So, mm-hmm. and it's me, one that's with the meat. And we have a, we have a relationship at that moment, uh, <laughs> you know, until it's, it comes off the grill. So I, I, I preferably uh, don't like to use uh, forks or anything of that nature. All right. Need to uh, take another break. When we get back, we'll continue talking with our guest, Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. Talk about tailgating and grilling this morning. And again, we've got some open phone lines. So you grillers out there, we need to hear from you this morning. Let us know uh, what you like to put on the grill. Maybe you have got a, st- a secret or two that you'd like to share with us. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue, talking about tailgating and grilling uh, as football season is here, and that's uh, a time when uh, folks in the South love their football. But as we mentioned at the top of the show, sometimes the, the tailgating is more fun. You know, I've, I've seen games where... Everybody goes into the football game, but there's that one or two, you know, trailers of folks that sit out there. They've got the TV on, and they'll sit and eat food uh, through the whole uh, game, and, and it's 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 more important than than the football is. Well, Kevin, you know, I'm one of those people. If if I make it to a good tailgating situation, because what happens around you know certain vendors, it's not just the food; it's the camaraderie and you know the people fellowshipping. A lot of times, I never even make it into the game, which is really crazy, you know, because there's just so much fun happening right there at the gate before you get in, and uh, it's almost as good as a halftime show sometimes, just being outside, hanging out with your friends, and we. We're talking about, uh, you know, grill masters. I have a very dear friend who lives in Leland, Mississippi. I'm sure he's listening this morning. Hey, Milton. I mean, you know, he's one of those, you know, it's, what is it that macho thing that happens around the grill? Can you explain that to That's, me? It's territorial domain. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 your, it's your spotlight. It's your moment. It's your time to, you know, be creative in something that you see that you've laid out and, Put it on the grill, and you make magic happen. And, well, Deborah, I'll say, too, you know, it's that same feeling 
when you cook something well and everybody loves it, you get that good feeling. That's the same for the you know the grill master there. They know that folks are enjoying it, and that's something that they did. So it's that that uh, sense of accomplishment. I'll also say uh, we approach co- uh, college football games differently because what I'll 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 stock up. I'll you know I'll pig out when when tailgating <laughs> time comes. But when it's time for the game, I go in and watch the game, and I don't watch the halftime show. That's not. I mean, uh-uh. that's time to go get a Coke Zero or something at, at the concession stand. <laughs> So, but that's what's great about it. Because you're right, it, it's become more than just the football game. Some folks are there for the football, some for the tailgate, some for both. But as you mentioned, it's really a, a, a social phenomenon in the South, and it's a time where we all get together and just enjoy friends and family. Absolutely, Kevin. And you know, my dad and his brothers. You know, they're all out there, and nobody knows how to cook better than the other guy, and you, nobody knows what they're doing. But at the end of the day, the food is always really good. But it's just really wonderful seeing them. You know, over the grill and fussing about, you know, don't touch my, you know, stuff. And it's just really quite amazing. <laughs> we got a caller on the line. Why don't we say good morning to Chris, who's called in from Mobile today. Good morning, Chris. Go ahead, please. Hey, Chris. Good, good, good morning. morning good morning, everyone. Yeah, y'all sound like y'all having way too much fun. Look, <laughs> too much, I'm, too I'm much glad fun. you guys can't hear us in between breaks. That's all i got to say, Chris. Hey, it don't matter. We hear you after the break. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if potato salad's all y'all got going on. <laughs> but anyway, I was just going to uh, ask the uh, the guests there, and uh, I appreciate your program, Kevin. It's a great program, and uh, Deborah, y'all have a good time. And uh, but, thank uh, you. You know, I've watched a lot of these barbecue programs on on uh, TV and stuff, and you've got people that do parboil their meat. You got people that swear if you do, you ruined it. Um, I just want to know your thoughts on parboiling. Uh, you know, let's just say let's just say ribs. Okay. I guess I don't know, maybe brisket. I don't know, but just take ribs for instance. Do you parboil your ribs? No, you sir. Parboil them. If so, and why? And I appreciate your answer. All right, thanks, Chris, for the call. No parboiling. That oh my goodness, that's to me that's almost like cooking a neck bone after it's all done. Um, the reason <laughs> reason reason being because I have taken that that raw rib and seasoned it, or marinated, or rubbed it, or however you want to do it and i have taken it and put it on the grill and bring it off the grill just as tender as you would if you parboiled it or what have you um it i i say it's a it's an insult to the cook this is this is my preference only um about parboiling because i know if if you know what you're doing on that grill (laughs) Um, there's no parboiling needed, uh, and you, you 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 take a lot of elements out when you boil it, uh, because you, you, now that meat has you've taken all that the true rich taste out of it, and now you've kind of tried to bait it with some other kind of seasoning or barbecue sauce or what have you. But if you know how to to do a slab of ribs. No, no boiling needed. All right. Well, let, let me put it this way. <clears throat> Again, we're sorted down the amateur backyard, and it's boiling and getting the ribs done in time versus they're not cooked or they're burned. Maybe for the amateur, for could the, it be for to the you learn amateur? What you're doing? I would say this: aluminum foil would be your best friend. Okay, tell us about that. The aluminum foil is 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 one of the techniques um, to wear. Um, I wasn't a science major, but it's a heat conductor. But it's it, 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 it's it's used in in the professional realm of cooking, also where it cuts down on some of the time, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it holds wonderful heat. You know, when I brought 
the stuff in this morning, what was it in? It was in aluminum, but it was wrapped and it kept its, it keeps its temperature. So for those that want to, you know, in backyard, if you want to make a, a presentable rib, uh, once you get the sear and the, the, the smoke elements in it, then you could put it in the foil. Okay. Wrap it for however long you're going to do it, 30, 45 to an hour, whatever the time frame is. And once you put it from that, that foil, you have a, a reasonable, decent rib. All right. Very good. Got another caller. It's our friend Timothy in Louisiana. Good morning, Timothy. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, yeah. Timothy. You know, not everybody is a meat eater. Not everybody. Okay, I am. <laughs> I'm a carnivore. I'm an omnivore. That's right. <laughs> you know, if I can catch it, I'll eat it. Okay? And, and But one of the things I do is I make tofu. You know, we've got soybean harvest season going on right now. And... I take that tofu and I press all the water out of it, and then I slice it up, and then I put a, uh, a Jamaican jerk chicken rub on it or uh, a shawarma spice on it and grill it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's just, it, you know, a lot of my friends can't. They say, what is this? This is so good. <laughs> you know, the meat eaters are going, man, let me have You know, so, you know... Consider that, you know. Uh, consider all your friends when you're cooking. That's right. my All right. Absolutely, Tim. And that was one of the things we talked about earlier. Kevin was talking about, you know, putting uh, zucchini on the grill and other vegetables on the grill because you do want to consider all of your guests, especially when you're having a, a backyard function. You want to make sure that everybody can come by and get something and enjoy it because it really is about the fellowship. And you want, you know, you don't want that one cousin sitting in the corner looking like, you know, they lost their best friend because they don't have anything to eat. Right. But I, mean, I think that also speaks to, you know, the grill is a great way to prepare food. And, again, uh, when you're planning your menu, don't don't be limited by thinking, oh, well, I can't do that because we're grilling. You know, uh, let your imagination run wild. And, again, maybe you hit and miss sometimes. But uh, you're you're the person in charge here. So if uh, people have some sort of complaint, they can find someone else to go tailgate with. <laughs> right. Uh, we've got uh, Ken from Kosciuszko on the line. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Good morning. I got an old gas stove, the kind that's got a, the boiler in the bottom. If it's just warm in the bottom, it doesn't work. And make sure you don't have any electronic parts. You want an old gas stove. Open the valve, make sure there ain't no gas in it. And then I build a fire down in the bottom, uh, in that boiler pan. Put two pans of water in the time, keep it moist, and I can cook off ribs in about two to two and a half hours. It will melt in your mouth. <laughs> All right. And temperature control, except to open the door once in a while, but it's rolling smoke, and it is, it, I, I thought it was all side of the road. Cost me nothing. I can, I can cook six, eight rights at a time, or chickens, or, I mean, you can get a lot of meat in the oven, so... I just want to throw out there, if you see an old gas stove on the side of the road, <laughs> I have a $700 egg, and I use that old gas stove. <laughs> All right, Ken. That's the truth. All right. There's much more in it. Yeah. All right, Ken, good call. Thanks for uh, calling in this morning. We've got some open phone lines on Deep South Dining. If you'd like to chime in this morning, we're talking about tailgating. Uh, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven 
672-7464. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. <clears throat> now, Kevin, I really like the idea of not being conventional when it's coming to grilling. And so Ken talked about taking an old stove and converting it into a grill. And I've seen people take some really interesting things and turn them into grills. I think the most interesting thing that I've ever saw is I literally, not kidding, Saw somebody take a grocery shopping basket and turn it into a grill. They uh, used the basket for the framework to put their uh, coal and their wood in, and then put another frame on top, and the meat was on top. And I was like, yeah, somebody at Kroger's is looking for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the, the grill deal is uh, basically it's a conventional oven. I mean, if you really just... Do the dynamics of uh, all the smokers now that they're building, uh, master build or whomever are building smokers, they are basically conventional ovens. Um, so when he said something about the stove deal, it's the same concept, just something different. Um, he's putting the, the it, he said the water pan, that's what you do with the stand-up smoker. Um, and all those little racks and elements, same, same concept. Now, what we've not talked about is uh, grilling uh, alligators and pigs on the grill, Kevin. Okay. (laughs) And and so it's like, you know, especially when you're down in the Louisiana area, you see a whole lot of that. The first time I saw somebody with the alligator on the rotisserie, I thought, they just ruined my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Who in the heck just grilled my shoes, right? (laughs) But it's just really amazing the things like you were saying earlier that you can't or you can grill on the grill. I don't do the alligator. (laughs) I'm I'm not limited. I'm not limited. I haven't done alligator yet, but I I do about four whole hogs a year Hmm. um, for different various events. Um, so it's, it's it has become that. doing a whole hog is kind of like a show off. Um, mm-hmm. You're taking this one big piece of meat and you're converting this one piece of meat into one thing. So you take a rib, a shoulder, a back, um, the neck, everything, and you convert it into what we call pulled pork. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the magnitude of what a whole hog basically is. I just think it looks beautiful. You know, it's just like you're passing by and you get to see this really beautiful, crispy skin that's been coated. Uh, some people use soy sauce for bases or, you know, other other sugar mixtures, you know, right. or maple mixtures to get this really crispy, beautiful hog. But it's just pretty to look at. And then and then when it's done, if it's cooked right. Oh, my God. You're talking about good eating. Yeah, that's I, where that's where the bones come out. If you know, I, I you have you have those that cook um, the hog downside up or upside down. Um, I typically like the hog to be on its back. Um, with the elements wide open or what have you. So when I finish cooking him, all I do is just debone him and make a spread, and everybody has the cameras and the pictures and just, <laughs> you know, that's that's what they want to see. They just want to see what you have taken and, and, and made it into. The last time I had a hog cook like that, Kevin, I felt like Jerry Cloud. I just went, wow. <laughs> it, was just, it was just fantastic. All right, it's uh, time for one last break this hour. We're visiting today on Deep South Dining with Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. Excuse me, I've been talking about tailgating throughout the hour. We'll continue to do so. Still have some time for you to work in a phone call as well. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Back to wrap up the program after this. 
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. This is Deep South Diving on MPB Think Radio. Talk about tailgating this morning with our guest, Patrick Bradley, from Nothing But Smoke Barbecue. Uh, st- got, still have some time left. If you'd like to work in a quick phone call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We've got uh, Scott on the line who wants to talk to us from Pascagoula this morning. Hello, Scott. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Hi, here's the deal. You, I just heard you uh, mention grilling uh, boar. Mm-hmm. And since we're overrun with uh, wild hogs, the thing that goes wonderful with it is pine, grill the pineapple with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's a good, uh, that pork and pineapple is a good combination. And again, we were talking earlier about, you know, being creative, Patrick. We talk about vegetables, but you can, uh, as you mentioned, uh, some folks do dessert on the grill, but you can, there are a lot of uh, fruits that do well. And I think pineapple, again, is, is, has enough, um, <clears throat> texture to it i guess i mean some fruits you would have to worry about maybe being too would kind of fall apart but something like a pineapple you could certainly whoop that up on the grill it has an that acidic taste um it is it's it's a common use uh pineapple is especially with the whole hog um i know in hawaii you mm-hmm. know of course they use a lot of different fruits or what have you, but it's it's it, it, it coincides with 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 flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, just think about you know if I'm cooking with wood, I'm cooking with the fruit wood. Uh, you can cook with apple, cherry, uh, peach, or what have you of that nature. So all that kind of tails in together. All right, Scott. Good to hear from you this morning. Thank you, Scott. Go ahead. I was going to, you were just talking about fruit, but you know, not just the pineapples, but adding fruit before and after your meat is done is always a wonderful thing to do. And one of the things that I love to use, especially pairing with my ribs, is strawberries. Believe it or not, they give it a wonderful bite at the end. So you got your pineapples, you mentioned peaches, you can use your tart apples. Adding fruit to meat is a, uh, it's not a new concept. It's something that's very, very ancient, very old. And you'll find that in many cultures around the world where meat was served and it was literally paired, not with the vegetables initially, but with the fruit. fruit, Yeah. 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 Got some more calls to get to. Mikey's on the line from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. And y'all are having too much. (laughs) Hey, Mikey. Best job in the world, girl. Get great people, great food, and lots lots of laughter on a Monday morning. You can't can't ask for anything better. Okay, Okay, but I got to say, Miss Honey, you know, it's like I was going to fight you for your Monday morning man until he said that he he skipped the half show time. Uh, but uh, anyway, I also want to say that um, the reason that men love to grill is because all little boys have always liked playing with fire. <laughs> Good this one. Is, this Good is true. One. This is true. Good one. Now we figured it out. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I do have a question here. Um, and uh, uh, I went to a party where a gentleman served. Now, this was an indoor party. It wasn't grilling. But a gentleman served, um, uh, well, it was follow-up by my disaster story, <laughs> was serving eggplant. 
It was sliced very thin. It appeared, you know, when I asked him, I said, what did you do to this? This is fantastic. And he said, well, nothing. You know, I just marinated it. (laughs) Here's my disaster story. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe you could, I mean, eggplant, I love it because you can, I love the taste of it. You can grow it here easily, so it's a wonderful thing for all of us. Um, uh, and uh, I, <laughs> I went to my sister's barbecue, and um, we sliced the eggplant. I sliced it in, into, you know, about mm, quarter to a half inch piece slices crosswise. This was a, one of the, the larger black gems. And... Um, the poor guy, it started raining. He's standing out there with the umbrella trying to hold it over him and the eggplant on the grill. It did not work. So, can you give me any tips on grilling eggplants? Just don't do it in the rain. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> but eggplant is really one of those very versatile uh, type of vegetables, Kevin. And, and a lot of people, um, the first time I had eggplant fried, it was just quite amazing. My Aunt Pearl, good morning, Aunt Pearl. Uh, she literally uh, cut it to almost catfish steak sizes, Kevin, and she just added a little salt and pepper, added a little bit of flour and cornmeal together, did an egg wash and dip back and forth and fried it just like you would fish. Absolutely, especially for those vegetarians that are out here listening, it's absolutely a wonderful, wonderful bite. It's perfect on the grill, marinating it um, in your uh, fair, favorite marinade before you put it on the grill is another wonderful way because it will absorb all of those flavors uh, before you put it on the grill. So thumbs up to eggplants. <laughs> Uh, Patrick's got a picture of some uh, gators being grilled there, and it's interesting. It looks like the skin, except for the heads, and they keep the head on. There. Again, that's going to be, uh, they need to put a little apple in its mouth there, kind of like that. <laughs> <with> the <pig. laughs> got another caller to get to, and it is uh, Dave who's called in from Mobile today. Good morning, Dave. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Sounds like you all are having fun this morning. <laughs> oh, we're having a blast. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Okay, I've been in and out, uh, so I may have uh, missed some uh, things this is going to duplicate. But when you do your pulled pork, you use the butt or the picnic ham? Either or is fine. Um, The the butt is going to be a tad bit more tender um, than the actual uh, picnic would be. Um, but with the picnic, the picnic is going to have a more explosive flavor based on the wrap of the fat that's, that's, that, that surrounds the picnic. But uh, typically, um, it's kind of like with chicken, dark meat, white meat. Um, the, the picnic is more on the white meat side, and the, pool pour, the, the uh, Boston butt is more on the dark meat side. So it sounds like in order uh, to get that to the uh, the picnic now number two, uh, you mentioned earlier wrapping ribs in foil, doing them on the grill. Yes, um, we we may mention about the amateur cooking um, where if they wanted to kind of get it tender in a certain amount of time, then it's called like, like a cheat method, um, and and you use the the aluminum foil to kind of advance on the on the cooking time. All right, Dave, good to hear from you. Thanks for your call. Let's uh, see if we can get one final call in. Our friend Barbara and Picayune's on the line. Good morning, Barbara. Hey, hey Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you said no, it, that boiler, pre-boiling was a no-no, and it just crossed my mind. What about 
uh, pre-steaming the ribs or chicken before the barbecue. What? Well, that's that's kind of the essence of the aluminum foil. That that that's the you, if you think about vegetables or what have you when when they're when they're cooking certain things. Um, if you put the rib in that foil, that's the automatic steamer itself. Um, so that's that's just kind of a, a, a mechanism that we use on the outside when we're cooking. Yeah, but that's after you brown it. Yes, yes. After you put it on there for a certain amount of time, take it off and uh, foil it, and it'll get your steam, and it'll help with your tenderizing. All right, Barbara, thanks for that call. Uh, we got about a minute or so left. Patrick, if you could, if folks wanted to learn more about you and, and some of the things that you do, uh, how could they uh, get in touch, or how could they uh, website, that sort of thing? Website, but you got to uh, say it in your beer, white voice, okay? <laughs> I'm waking up now. Uh, but if, you, if, you, if you're looking for anything, uh, Facebook is, is, is kind of the outlet I'm, I'm using. Uh, I have an Instagram page uh, when I post different events or where I'll be or what I'm doing. But Facebook, uh, Number Smoke Catering, um, or my, my personal page. Page, uh, Patrick Bradley, uh, you'll see me on the profile picture on the grill, as always. So a lot of people know me and associate me with always cooking. So when I'm outside of cooking, just walking or doing, well, you're not cooking today? Well, I mean, I'm not cooking all day. But, you know, I do have outside life. Yeah. I do understand that tragic moment, right? It's so funny. All right, that is going to wrap us up for today. First of all, before we close, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone on Friday who contributed during our on-air fundraiser. Uh, we raised a lot of money, got a lot of new sustaining members, and so we can't thank enough the folks out there who listen to the show but who also take some time and, and take some of their money and help support us financially. We really do appreciate it. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by those generous contributions from you, our listeners. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. So for Deborah Hunter and our guest Patrick Bradley from Nothing But Smoke. I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. It's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey is up next. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.